Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, everyone. Kristen here at the top of this, our final episode covering Slayers, a Buffyverse story. It's first season. We shall see if it is ushered into a second season. And of course, we will talk about it if it is. Um, But before we roll into our final episode for that and uh, our final episode here in the feed for this year, I just wanted to tell you a couple of things. First of all, in case you missed it, we are hosting yet another Buffy prom this year. We are doing it in Brooklyn at the Bell House. The VIP tickets to prom in April have already sold out, uh, but our tickets to the one night of prom Saturday, April 20th, are available. So if you want those, go scoop them up. All of the details can be found at bufferingcast.com slash prom. Again, that is April 20th. Uh, For those of you who did grab VIP tickets, you'll be joining us on the 19th and the 21st as well. On the 19th, we're doing some trivia. Um, On the 21st, we're doing a group watch of some episodes of the series. Uh, But tickets to prom itself are still available. So bufferingcast.com slash prom. You can learn all about that and get your tickets if you want to join us in Brooklyn on the 20th. Also, we are having a sale right now through January 2nd in the store. Everything is Uh, between 15 and 20% off. And if you're one of our $10 patrons, you have a 20% off discount code that works on top of the sale. So uh, bufferingcast.com, that's pretty much where you can find all the information you'll ever need about most things in this land. Uh, Just click on shop and you'll see those sale prices are there for you. No code is needed. But again, if you have that Patreon code, it will apply on top of the sale. I've noted that this will be the last episode in the feed, in the feeds, plural, until 2024. Uh, In 2024, you can stay tuned in the main feed and in the Buffering the Vampire Slayer feed. We have a couple of bonus interviews for you. I'm very excited. Jenny's very excited because we got the chance to talk to Amber Benson and Chris Golden together about their creation of Slayer's A Buffyverse Story. And we also had the absolute privilege and honor of speaking to James Leary, who, of course, played Clem in the television series and in the new Audible series. Uh, And those conversations have been so delightful. We can't wait to share them with you. So stay tuned. You can find the details on the calendar on the website um, as to when those episodes will air. And then this February, we will be back.
with X-Files Season 2. More details on all of that. If you follow us on socials at BufferingCast, you'll see more information as the schedule rolls out there. Um, But this is a great time to also sign up for the newsletter. We send out the newsletter so very infrequently, probably too infrequently if I'm being real. Um, But if you go to the website, you can sign up at the bottom there. um, And that's a great way if you're not on social media or just if you're like the rest of us sort of caught up in the seas of social media and not sure that you'll catch things, um, you will definitely catch the newsletter and we'll send out updates as we have them. Uh, Last but certainly not least, we are now in want take winter. If you're a patron of ours at any level, that means that you are joining us for a Faith Lehane themed winter. We watched Faith, Hope and Trick and Bad Girls together uh, this month. Next month, we'll be watching Enemies and Consequences together as a big group. Um, And then in February, we'll be watching Who Are You and This Year's Girl. We also will be getting to see Jenny Owen Young's play our Faith themed songs in a buffering concert. And of course, we'll have a podcast all about faith it will be spartan but it won't be you know what i mean it'll be five by five uh definitely for sure uh it will kick the gear shift i'm not sure it's gonna be great uh and you can find all of those details again on the website hope you enjoy this our final episode covering slayers a buffyverse story happy new year Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. Well, that's what we were doing previously, of course. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I was I was just going to say, will I ever update my script while we're making this podcast but, about an audio show? But it, there's no, no longer an opportunity for that. That's it. It's too you, late. In the last couple episodes, you've done good. You've, you've done well working I've around myself. Yeah, the existing script, but... It's all, that's all over now, Kristen. Uh, we were watching Buffy, of course, uh, but now we're listening to Slayers, a Buffyverse story, or I should say we are wrapping up now our listen, because today is the final episode of our coverage of Slayers, a Buffyverse story, which we've been listening to and discussing uh, one by one, episode by episode, spoiler free. I am Love Zone Poet. Mm-mm. I am the resident shadow pocket of the show, Jenny Owen Youngs. Wow. I am the recently freed tiny puppy of the show, Kristen Russo. (laughs) And this week we're discussing the final episode, as Jenny mentioned, of Slayer's a Buffyverse story. Um, This is the one where... 
Spike, Drusilla, Anya, etc. bobble the gem of Amara more than the Red Sox have ever bobbled a ball. How <laughs> dare you discuss the Red Sox as though the Red Sox were the only team to ever bobble a ball, I just, Kristen. Well, they're definitely, uh, if, if you say bobbled a ball for most people, they do think of the Red Sox. They have the most infamous bobble of all bobbles, Jenny. I'd like to invite you to fuck off. <laughs> I can't explain to you. We're recording this before Christmas, but uh, I can't explain to you that the best Christmas present I have ever gotten, though you're listening to it after the fact, is the look of shock and horror on Jenny's face. Because I lo- I waited for it when I filled in the ball bobbling. Disgusting. Shameful. <sighs> anyway, um, this is also the one where Giles almost dies, but then he doesn't. This is also the one where Indira and Spike and Clem are staying in the alternate reality, baby. Yay. It's also the one where Jenny finally finds out who the angry British man <laughs> was the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to say a couple of things in my defense. I can't remember if I mentioned Tony Head last time or if I was just all in on James Marsters, but I definitely was like, Listening to the last episode, I was like, mm, yes, there's like Tony too, but he just seems like tired. Like I, like I thought it would be a thread that would maybe continue into right. a potential next season, but right. I was like, surely it's not Tony. Surely Tony, much like Giles, is like, I'm so <laughs> tired. Um, <laughs> Although but- I feel like Tony, if I feel like if the thing on the table was like, if we get a season two, would you come back if you get to play a vampire? Like, that seems mm-hmm. like the exact kind of carrot you would need to dangle for Tony Head, you know, like to get him to Absolutely. Bite. Yeah. 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 So um, clearly we'll talk about that a bunch as well as sure. the other witch in the basement. Uh, what? Uh, indeed. So let's just, um, before we really get into it, let me just remind everyone for the ninth time that uh, this series was written by Amber Benson and Christopher Golden, directed by Amber Benson, Christopher Golden, and Casey Wayland, and produced by Casey Wayland. It originally aired in a full season binge drop on October 12th, 2023. I actually listened, not to brag, but I did listen to this episode on October 12th. Um, and it was not because I listened to all of them on October 12th, but I just had the question in my mind, like, do you think anyone listened to all of them in one day? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. God bless you. Don't you think? God bless and save you all. I can barely listen to one hour at a time of anything, so I am I always know. amazed. Kristen, fame... Fa- famously a hater of podcasts. <laughs> podcasts' truest enemy. <laughs> Kristen Russo. God, give me a visual for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Let me look upon something. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, we can now do, Jenny, general thoughts on the episode, but probably more uh, importantly, general thoughts on the series. Uh, I think my biggest feeling is I love Indira. Yeah. Yep. Correct. 100%. I would like a series and listen, I love I was thinking about the fact that we have a lot of main players here and that's because so many of our big Buffy cast players are back in this audio drama, right? But I was thinking, wow, what if 
this was a show about Indira. Like, Indira was the heart, the only, the one heartbeat of the show. And then these other characters that we love were sort of in service to her and her story. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that's where... Oh, interesting. I would, uh, and I I mean, I would consider myself, even though I came later than some to the series, I would consider myself at this point to have earned my uh, Buffy fan card, you know? Fan club card? Oh, you say you are you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> I do, and I not only hmm. like it, but I feel I've, you know, really put in some time with the television show. And I sure. love... I love having Anya and fucking, of course, Cordelia and Spike and Drew. I love having all of them in the mix. But I do think, and I I see the importance of centering, you know, Cordelia as Slayer and like bringing these, this handful of female characters back to life after, you know, we've talked about this and I, and I love it and I support it. But now that is done and and they are back and they are here. And I would really love to see here, if you will, Indira's story be the story. That's what I would like. That's what I would like. And, you know, they, they, there's plenty of B plots and C plots and onwards and onwards. But, like, I think that... I agree with you. It's my really long-winded say, long-winded way of saying... I agree with you. Indira is a rock star. Um, I found, I don't know if you felt this way, but I did sense a couple of little sprinklings of uh, honoring Kendra in this episode with Indira with the steak. Uh, did you, did, do you think that that was intentional? Did you pick up on that? That, yeah, that pinged for me. Yeah. Uh, for those of you listening who maybe didn't just listen to the last episode, um, this is the episode where Indira says, this is my lucky steak. And she actually then gives it to Cordelia to fight with. So it's very Mr. Pointy. Um, but, you know, I think those of us who've, who've lived in the Buffyverse for a long time, Kendra was here and then Kendra was gone. When we think of a lucky steak, we think of Kendra. We do. And when we think of uh, a, a slayer of color who was here for a moment and then gone, of course, we think of Kendra. So I think there, I just think there's a lot of power in Indira for many, many reasons. And I also think that she is the fucking MVP in terms of performances in the, in the cast. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's so much to love. I think, you know, what a blessing to have so many of our faves uh, back in the mix, doing their thing, telling a new story. Mm-hmm. I think, like, continuing on, if we got a second season that was, like, I don't think that this, like, I think that the ensemble is probably something that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they'll pull in new people mm-hmm. or, like, maybe they'll pull in old faves like other old faves whatever um but i would kind of love to see a flash forward season maybe indira and cordelia have had their time but now they are like separated for some reason that's maybe not sad you know uh, maybe it's time for indira to go back to her world Mm -hmm. for whatever reason she's older she's changed and like she has a new story and maybe like some of our our old faves are making cameos for this reason or that reason but like it'd be cool to see you know a whole new ensemble cast built around indira and actually also i wanted to add lazoya has been like 
firing off so many amazing takes in yeah the production doc and one thing that she included was and i quote i think the whole premise of this series works better as a whole if it's just an elseworlds style anthology every season so instead of continuing with this story and that doesn't mean that the cliffhanger should cease that's part of the allure as it would suggest this world continues to exist even when it's not the story being told Mm -hmm. nice latoya Mm -hmm. I honestly think the second season should focus on a whole other Buffyverse alt-world story, still with these actors and characters, in addition to others if they want it. Mm-hmm. That's also really cool. Really, yeah. I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many directions that this could go in, and you know, maybe we're recording that the, we don't normally don't record this far in advance. We're recording this on the 12th of December, 1212, if you will, and um, this doesn't go up until the 28th, so. It's possible that we might know even more uh, by the time this airs. But there's a lot of directions it could go in, I think. I cannot imagine the pressure of not only carrying a story for the reasons that the story primarily was brought back to us, but also knowing that you have these titans in the mix, right? Like you you have Juliet Landau, you want to use the shit out of Juliet Landau. You have James Marsters, like you want to use these characters because they are beloved to us and they are incredible performers. So, you know, I think now we've got them and I think, I guess with Indira, I'm learning a new character. And I think that as a listener, especially listener only I'm enjoying that experience of getting to know Indira and I'm finding the shorter beats from the characters I know and love to have more resonance in being shorter beats because I already have them I know them I at least I at least know so much of them that I don't need them to do as big of a lift in the narrative they can just sort of show up and say a few lines and I got it you know like I know where they're coming from and what they're saying yeah and I mean I also think sorry this is just making me think about the Wish, which is sort of like an alt-world episode in a way uh, of the television series, which was like, you know, uh, so fun and so great. And everybody getting to do, for the most part, things that they didn't normally do on the show, like stretch their legs in that way to great effect. Yeah. You know, I think there's just like so, so much like there's no rule that says this story has to continue linearly totally um totally and i think since we're talking big (laughs) give yeah give me give me a story that centers around an an alternate universe's adam (laughs) mommy who i was thinking about who i was thinking about at the end of this episode a lot (laughs) oh mommy 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 do you think rupert was in cell 314 (laughs) down in the basement yeah yeah for sure <laughs> oh i would love to stick a floppy disk in giles's chest you know what i mean that is i don't simply none of my business <laughs> it just felt like i had to say it um since we're on big picture thoughts too i do think this is um an important point that latoya brings up in her notes uh, we've talked about it um i think both on the show and off the show um it, it, there's something about the amount of new mythology and and like the exposition required by both the new mythology and it being an audio series where you have to tell not show um and a series where you're trying to make it accessible to people who don't necessarily have the greatest familiarity with the television series and all of the lore associated with that right that is a big 
lift. It is. It is. And I think that like something that Latoya was suggesting, and I think we've at least tang- like sort of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If we haven't directly said it, we've implied it, that the mythology we had even before going into this series certainly was ample. We've added a ton to the mythology, and I think it would be cool if we sit with that and like the story, if the story comes from the existing mythology and the new mythology added in season one, because then I think, again, I'm not tasked with the fucking writing, thank God. Um, but I think that it would, <laughs> I think it would free up more room for the story to be the heartbeat rather than the story plus learning the new mythology, which I also think could serve season two, should we get it quite well. Yeah, agreed. All right. So uh, speaking of mythology and new mythology, let's just at the jump say, what is up with the gem of Amara working for Anya before we even get into it? Like what that? No, I just say no. That was an accident. We'll just ignore it. Right. (laughs) Right. Because it is defined as the Holy Grail for vampires, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Latoya making the very good point of if this was the Holy Grail for everyone, then Everyone would be looking for More it. More people would be looking <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Monty Python hmm. uh, series of movies about that, right? Isn't that what they're doing? Mm. No. Yes. But also Indiana Jones. Everyone's looking for Definitely a Indiana Jones. Okay. The hottest grail seeker of all time, <laughs> Indiana Jones, 1,000%. Wow. Give me the crossover episode that's Indiana Jones and Spike both looking for their individual grails. His and hers grails, if you will. Uh, that also does not seem like any of our business. <laughs> All right. And therefore, I urge you, join me, Kristen, mm-hmm. if you will, in the magic box. I will. We actually, we're going to be here the whole time. My scene, my like location right. descriptions are just <laughs> like magic, magic box. box, magic box, magic box, <laughs> magic box, bookshelves, magic box, back room, question mark. I don't know. Somewhere in the magic box. Here we go. You know that feeling when your doubts linger and so you <laughs> you indicate do, as much do, very clearly? Do, 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 do. Yeah. That's a different song. <laughs> it was the That's first, Ode to My Family. This was the first one I could think of. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I was more concerned about like, I think Tara can hear you, Drusilla. Yeah, everyone is talking at full volume this entire episode in one space. They're all together. Um, All right, so they arrive, the bad guys arrive, and the bad guys in this case are Spike, Drew, and Tara. They have just taken a glorious car ride over to the magic box, and Cordelia pops out. She's got Indira over her shoulder. You wouldn't know that, but we have the scripts, and it says Cordelia is carrying Indira in a fireman's hold, which... Uh, was very wonderful to me. I loved that. Love it. Yeah, I love it. There are there were in this episode, and it's probably because there's just so much. It's so action heavy. Mm-hmm. It's like very dense in the action department. There were a lot of things where I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, but then I read the script and was like, okay, I know what's happening now. But I feel like 
Yeah, obviously you should not need to be reading the script to know what's happening. It's just such a hard thing because there are also moments like there's a moment that um, Latoya called out in, in her notes, which, you know, I didn't even notice in my first listen. But when I listened again after hearing Latoya, after reading Latoya's notes, I was like, oh, God, or like Anya is like, I'm going to get these candles to blow them out. And then like the next line that Anya has is like, I'm blowing out the candles. So it's just a fucking like an impossibility, it feels it's not an impossibility, but it does feel like a very particular thing to be conscious of letting people know exactly the amount they need. Not too little, not too much. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I what a delicate what a delicate balance mm-hmm. to figure out how to communicate everything you want to communicate, but also like maintain a vibe, which is just like so, you know, such an ephemeral concept. Was just like, well, what do you do? You close your eyes and like think the dialogue to yourself and this Um, is also like you know jenny and i are right now in a particular place with writing a book about our journey through talking about buffy the vampire slayer it's just a book about us and buffy and what have you it's comparatively a very easy lift if i do say so myself because we simply have to tell our story but the thing that you're making me think of jenny is also when you go into a project like this, um, a project like this, a project like writing a book, anything that's sort of long and has length, you also, as the creator, are tasked with listening to it and reading it over and over and fucking over again. And the balance of being critical and being able to re- retain creativeness when you're in that loop is like maddening it's truly maddening it's so difficult and it's something that like we're already trying to pay close attention to in reading what we have written of the book but it's you know who knows where these guys were by the time they were writing episode nine and recording it it's really hard yeah i am always thinking whenever i'm working on something that's longer than a three and a half minute song i'm like how does anyone do this how does anyone maintain like objectivity and like continue to sort of like write rewrite edit with fresh eyes ears etc yeah it's it's just you know which not to make this podcast all about us but I do think that um for those of you who like you know me and Jenny and how we work uh I do think that's one of the most beautiful parts of our partnership Jenny is that I think that we work creatively very different in very different ways And so I think when it comes to a project that has length like the book, we both bring incredibly specific skill sets to the table. And whereas I might be able to plot us through on a long path, the nuance and the specificity of the paragraph of the sentence would have you, I don't have that strength. And my book would be like, my book might go on a journey that you'd understand, but would probably not be super interesting. Whereas like yours would be particularly interesting, but maybe you would get lost in the creation and the length of it. What I'd say is that you sort of bring more of like a good friend energy to the creative process. And I kind of bring like more of a best friend energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, myself. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I said it as a joke, but also I feel like it kind of applies when you talk about like specificity and nuance versus big picture. I also just since I'm talking about my relationship to Jenny, I want you to know that like there was one glint in the corner of one eye and I knew exactly what the fuck she was going to say. How 
<laughs> dare you? I am unknowable. Well, maybe to and most, full of surprises, but not to, not to all except for your good friend, my good, my good friend Kristen Russo, of course. Um, cool. So we've made it through. Uh, one sentence one of the sentence. script. Great. No, we've talked about so many macro things. We're doing a great job. No, no, totally, totally, totally. Okay, so Cordy says she's going to give Indira to them if they just leave now. And if they come any closer, Anya's acting. <laughs> acting. Everyone's Indira's acting. like, help me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, acting up and down in this episode. Um. Cordelia is also making a very specific choice to drag Tara up and down. Drusilla doesn't need you. <laughs> Drusilla doesn't need you is very much Cordelia's vibe in this scene. <laughs> uh, something I didn't actually bring to the table when we discussed the sexual tension awards for this episode, Jenny, was that Drew seems to really actually love Kurgan inside of Tara. Uh, tell me more about that. She says she so Kurgan is like blah, 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 or whatever, and Drusilla is like. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, what did Kurgan say? He's like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Drusilla is like, I love it when you're fierce and fiery. And I was like, wait, does Drusilla like Tara or does Drusilla like Kurgan Tara? Do you think Drusilla is differentiating between like Kurgan Tara and regular Tara, or is she just like? I like it when Tara uses her bedroom <laughs> voice. Her mean daddy voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's true. I mean, Drusilla notably does have room in her heart for all of her dollies, you know? She does. She does. Um, I like that when Indira jumps on Drusilla's back, immediately the electric guitar kicks in and all is all like, which is what, which is exactly what happens when I fight people. I'm like playing on the side, doing high kicks, you know, just right in the teeth. Yeah. Such is my vibe. Yeah. Doof warrior, Jenny Owen Young. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so Drusilla is, here's the, th okay, let me just say something macro about Drusilla. I love, Drusilla to me is one of the examples of an epic villain, because she is a villain that simply believes so deeply in what she wants, loves things without any con like consciousness of what like someone like her should like or shouldn't uh, please see that cookies have the the biggest magic of all things you know, like it's like she's just so uniquely drusilla and when she's hurt and betrayed she's so genuinely hurt and betrayed and you juliet like delivers that brings that to us in a way that i find is so powerful like this is she is one of the best examples I can think of of a villain that I love because of the depth of their emotions. You know, it's not one note. It's not five notes. It's like 400 fucking notes when Juliet does Drusilla. Yeah, no, she's got it all and like knows exactly where every single thing is. Yeah. Except Ms. Bang for that brief period <laughs> <laughs> 47 years where she was at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, okay, so meanwhile, in the back room, Kristen, question mark, yes. Did I forget something? How many times How many times have you said to someone, you've certainly never said it around me, 
But how many times have you had occasion to say to someone, only I get to make my lovers bleed? <laughs> I like was so curious about what direction you were going to go when you said, clearly you haven't said it to me because I was like, what haven't I been to Jenny? You know what I mean? <laughs> like what? Thi- but that was not your angle. You were just going with the angle of you never said this to me. Hard stop. Or around me. Around you. <laughs> I don't know anything about it it's honestly none of my business but i'm asking anyway because the people seem to think they have a right to know shout wow you just quoted so many of your isms in one sentence um (laughs) someone in the patreon called for a none of my business jingle and jenny if you don't deliver that on to us it's already on my jingle list it was means nothing request nothing means nothing to me on your list is Sure. No, and my list is a horrifying <laughs> wasteland that you never want to set foot in, but mm. I'm just saying, yeah, I know. Okay, great. Okay, so... It's, it needs to Sc- happen. Scully at your bedside, and also... Scully at your bedside. None of my business. Uh, none of our business, and also white nonsense. Yes. Uh, Re-finding a, finding a small shack in the woods, <laughs> literally wallpapered in pornographic images, and saying, this is fine. <laughs> okay, so, listen. We're in the back room. Spike makes, like, a very, like... I know he says it to establish that we're in the back room, but he's like, oh, the back room at the magic box, which immediately made me think of the scene with him and Buffy in the back room at the magic box. Um, Anyway, moving forward from there, Spike is undercover. Clem is like, you're actually a mean Spike. What? Oh, hands up. It's just like every it's like one thing for Drusilla to call all the all of these vampires minions and just refer to them as her minions all the time. But now, like, everyone's getting in on it. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's not very sensitive Mm, yeah i agree i do however really love when clem calls one of the vampires fangs he's like out of my way fangs and i'm like hell yeah that's a great nickname for a vampire (laughs) uh spike we learn later kills some of the minions and clem eats the rest and then clearly off screen off whatever you call it when we're listening spike fills Clem in on the fact that he's double-crossing Drusilla with the gem of Amaro, which is a big beat of this episode, and something that we suspected for a minute. On Yonka Spur, just so you know, I gave them a new trio name, on Yonka Spur. Uh, okay. They are separated. They are zooped apart. They're zooped apart. Anyanka is pretty anxious to merge, and Anya is like, no thank you. And then her... Before she gets into the meat and potatoes of her actual reasoning, she's like, you're making Jasper sad. The way that she says you are making Jasper sad feels like I'm imagining a department in the FBI that we haven't gotten to yet on the X-Files mm-hmm. where, <gasps> no, we did, kind of, we kind of got there. I feel like the same department where they went with a with a tape of of uh mm-hmm. scruffy brad speaking mm-hmm. and then they made you know they analyzed the speech i feel like the the same department could line you are making jasper sad up with various lines of ron burgundy talking to baxter and find a lot of similar sort of like ups <laughs> and downs i don't know what the sort of speech related words would be there must be words about like you know 
your inflection and, and like when your yeah, yeah cadence and when your pitch goes up and down and all that stuff it just felt vi- like you could overlay them and you would be like oh i've got these two i've got you are making jasper sad and something about baxter and i have them on transparencies and when you <gasps> put them on top of each other they just line up perfectly yeah. <laughs> um what do you think everyone everyone in the year of our lord 2023 simply everyone is talking about anchorman anchorman top top streaming movie of 2023 <laughs> <laughs> um that feeling when you're like, ow, you just hit my face, you demon bitch. And your girlfriend is like, that's our face. And you're like, um, <laughs> oh, what? Dear Lord, may, may I pray now upon my knees that never shall it come to pass. Someone hits me in the face and I say, ow, my face. And someone else says, that's our, our face. face. Kurgan is going to be so happy that you're on your knees. Kurgan fucking loves when people are on their knees. It's his A top number one request. Get on your knees. <laughs> Before we get too deep into Kurgan and his kinks, uh, can we hear just a little bit of what it feels like when you're a demon who just wants to merge with the host that's her one and only true love? I have no place in any world without a human soul to complete me. Okay, so Anyanka is so upset, does not want to be unmerged and Anya is like, we have to send her back. And Giles sort of like wraps his hands uh, around her to hold Anyanka so that Anya can open the portal and they can just like push her back into it. Um, and they do. They're successful. But Anyanka fucks Giles up. Um, he is. I thought I don't know. You just listened to this. I listened to this quite a while ago. But I was like, oh, fuck, they're killing Giles. I for sure thought they were killing Giles. Yeah. It doesn't sound great. No. Um, but they do get her through the portal, but but Giles is, yeah, left bleeding considerably. Um, Anya can see bone, unfortunately. Mm. This is a... Whatever. But this is a moment where the description <laughs> works for me. Like, the, the character saying what they're seeing. I'm like, okay, this is effective, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Drusilla hisses us into the next scene, which is... And I, Drusilla hissing is... I love it. Do you feel like it's more of like a snake hiss or more of like a cat hiss? I went hard cat with the hiss. I really feel like mm. Drusilla. I mean, I I just between snake and cat. Are those the only things that hiss? What else? A cockroach. Oh, Kristen. <laughs> sorry, why I'm... would you bring a cockroach into it? I just was like, what else hisses? And it's the first thing that my New York Summer City long, adults, of course, brain is thought famously. Of. What is? Uh, Summer lawns. Famously summer lawns yeah there's there's a very cool Joni Mitchell album called the hissing of summer lawns let me live Mm. well as you know uh I thought that Joni Mitchell was singing about the beautiful parking lot that she loved so much so I can't be counted counted on in that department yeah yeah yeah, she's like, yay, sprawl, <laughs> an ode to sprawl. Can you picture Joni Mitchell on a pair of roller skates? Like, I fucking love this parking lot. Uh, sorry, everyone, no. for who I am. <laughs> anyway. Okay. When it's Latin, it's always trouble. 
The idea that Indira is shoving pages of Latin into Tara's mouth is delightful to me. This is, have we ever seen anyone in the Buffyverse shove pages of a magic book into someone else's mouth? Because I think it's a fantastic party trick. I can't think of an occasion, but also there's something in me that's like, what about that one time? But I don't know what that one time is. Everyone's fighting, okay? We're going to do our best to try to give to you who's fighting who when. But, like, everyone is fucking fighting. Drusilla is beating up Cordelia. Cordelia is beating up Drusilla. Anya is getting fucked up by Tara. There's just a lot happening in this episode. However, Cordelia and Drew are fighting. And the sound effects before this clip that I'm about to play for you say, as Drusilla speaks, she punctuates her words by slamming Cordelia's skull against the floor again and again. This is Juliet Landau giving us everything we've ever wanted from an audio drama. Please, uh, let's hear the sound clip, and I think we should roll right into the Drusilla jingle after it. I dreamt it was the wall, but cracking your skull on the floor will be just as beautiful! That's like, what's that poem everybody always does about the plums? Is it the plums? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the plums. Of course. Left it's the plums. William Carlos Williams. Uh-huh. I've eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me. They were delicious. So sweet and so cold. Doesn't that feel like the same poem that Drusilla has just said? Mm, not exactly. <laughs> I would say not exactly. Okay, fine. <laughs> they are both, you know, uh, words, str- a string of words, for sure. Can't just, be denied. Listen, just one reminds me of the other. All right. Okay. Jenny, why is everyone so afraid of the sun coming up when they're inside of the magic box? <laughs> You know, I don't know. <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> Just feels. Uh, what a great question. Also, in this scene, um, I get my favorite line from Kurgan, which is Jim just saying so angrily and hungrily. I want my grimoire. I just love, <laughs> like, I picture him like a, t- a little kid, like a two-year-old, like in striped pajamas. Yeah. Just like. Throwing a tantrum. I want my teddy bear, but it's his grimoire. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think. I feel like we've seen Spike in the magic box during the day in the series. Oh, but it's in disrepair disrepair because there was that explosion it is maybe like that stuff no roof i mean it just it just feels like especially given the fact that drusilla pulling drusilla's funniest move in the entire series in my opinion scuttles through the sunlight to the sewer to get back home i just feel like everyone's (laughs) okay you know yeah 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 the metaphysics of um 
of the flammability of vampires is it greatly varies across it really does various stories throughout the universe i i that brings to mind for me and there's an episode of angel i can't tell you what it which one it is but i do think it's one where like Angel is being haunted by like the ghosts of his past or somebody from his past has come back and that person winds up in the sun and like the sun barely touches this vampire and he is aflame and dead just like that. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how does that track with like Spike fucking little match girl, little match girling all over Sunnydale? You running. Know? Yeah. Running around with his blankie. Yeah. OK, what else happens in this scene? They think the spell has worked. They think the spell has worked because the sun is coming up and no one's... I'm a little confused because Drusilla is, like, surprised that the gem of Amara was in her pocket, but didn't Spike tell her to, like, always Hold keep on it to it? Her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. Giles is dying, calling out for Olivia. Listen, I think when it comes time... You're going to call out for Olivia? I'll be calling out for <laughs> Olivia, too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this is where we hear Giles give us a very important piece of information that he's uh, deduced, which is that Indira is actually the key. Not the key, but the key. Not the Dawn key, <laughs> but the Indira key. She is the key to unlocking... The grimoire, because her blood is pure, not pure like a virgin, but pure of heart. Pure of heart. Uh, slayers are inherently predisposed to stand up against the forces of darkness, mm -hmm. even before they're called. And thus, her blood, much like Berenice's blood before her, mm -hmm. uh, must flow into the grimoire. To reverse the Kurganity. <laughs> Stop the Kurganity. <laughs> yeah, so if if Indira bleeds on the grimoire, then Kurgan's soul will be trapped in Terra, which will then allow Anya to exercise the demon, as they say. I have exercised the demon. This house this is house clean. This house is clean. <laughs> Um, there was a scene uh, or like a uh, these are broken out into scenes in the script, but it is all kind of one flowing thing. But there is a moment and this is when Anya heals Giles. Giles tells Anya the spell that she needs. Come uh, Ruseppa, I think, is how sort of how they say it. But I just put a little heart in my script in this moment because I felt it was a very beautiful use of audio space. Uh, it's just after the spell has worked, first of all, Anya thanks uh, Kamruseppa. And I don't know that we often hear folks thank the gods or goddesses that they call upon to do things. So I liked that. Mm. Um, but then it's just like this. I can't I don't know if I have the words to explain it, but. Basically, between that thank you and when Anya says, you were dying and I fixed you, there's just a few lines. And it's like Giles is mumbling. He's like, you must take the grimoire. But then he's coughing. And then she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, Anya, what happened? I feel tired. It just like I felt like I knew exactly what was happening in the room. I felt like I could see it. And that felt important to me. Like, it felt like this is nailing the format of audio drama because you are giving a yeah. beat to this moment in a way that that I can just, like, feel. Um, so that's all. Just compliments to the chef. Love it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so Cordelia reveals to Drusilla (laughs) that this spike is not her spike. She says he came from another world to stop you, not fall in love with you. And Drusilla's takeaway is that Spike came from another world to fall in love with her. I love it. I fucking love it. I mean, it is romantic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? I just feel like what else could you do for a person? Um, One of my... I Okay, so normally I don't tell you what my favorite sound cue is until we get to the segment, but I will say that I'm about to play my favorite sound cue in the episode. It is... Drusilla, right before she decides that she's into the fact that Spike has traveled across time and space to fall in love with her again, the the, uh, script just calls for Drusilla to pace. But here's what Juliet Landau gives us. I've decided. Incredible. I do all my best thinking while I'm pacing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, doing that. Huffing with every step. (laughs) So Spike is burning because, of course, the sunlight spell did not work. But the gem of Amara was his ruse, was his plan, was his pulling the gem of Amara over Drew's eyes. And Mm. Drusilla is like, what is happening? And she says, heart breaking my heart. No, no, not again. Like she's already lost Spike once. She can't imagine now she's going to lose him again. And then he just takes the ring back. No. (laughs) Uh, Also, she's like, we can just make this work. We aren't each other's each other, but who cares? And then I wrote, the each other of my each other is my each other. (laughs) Drusilla's entire uh, opinion in this episode is the sex is good. So let's just forget the rest. (laughs) Can we just have sex? Um, Clem reveals that he is a great actor. Uh, thank you very much. Clem is like second best. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Faith is like, God damn it. She gets moved to third. (laughs) Uh, but then, oh my gosh, Drew and Spike struggle and the gem goes flying and now they're both burning, um, which causes Tara to cast a little shadow pocket spell around them isn't that cool it is cool actually i do like the shadow pocket yeah it's like a it's like those weird little booths that feel actually rather dystopian at the airport that are like or the mall that are like here's where women can breastfeed (laughs) (laughs) here's where women can engage in the socially unacceptable and unsightly act of nourishing their child with nothing more than their own body 
Yeah, but I have always wondered what it looks like inside one of those little caves. Right, I kind of want to take a look, but it's also none of my business. You had your opportunity. You literally were married to a person with a baby that came out of her body. You know what I mean? I know, I know, I know, but... You could have carried the we baby. Don't, we, don't, <laughs> we don't We don't. have those in Maine. Oh, I see. In Maine, we love boobs. That's right. Great. Okay, Clem ate some minions. And inside the shadow pocket, Spike and Drew can't see anything. Oh, my it's, God. It's black. Um, and Drew's like, you're not my Spike, but you could be. Close your eyes. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. And she also was like, kind of making this argument, we could be the one that the other needs. And while Kristen, I will admit this is none of my business, mm-hmm. it's none of our business, mm-hmm. it is also going on inside of a shadow pocket where I believe I would put forth that all things that are none of my business could just go on in a shadow pocket. What we ha- need more shadow pockets that are more inviting than breastfeeding booths. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. What happens in the shadow pocket stays in the shadow pocket. <sighs> All you have to do is close your eyes and think of her. I'll close my eyes and think of him. And soon we'll each be the one the other needs. Hush. Or I won't hurt you. They are hooking up, Kristen. Hooking up is a very casual way of putting the fact that they are fucking in the shadow pocket. When they crash out so, of the shadow Kristen, pocket. Kristen, actually, the younger generation says hook up and it means fuck. Well, we used to say hook up and it meant all manner of things. So what generation? Yeah. Are you talking well, about our own? It's been, it's been condensed? No, no, no. It literally... Would I ever call us the younger generation? No, but I'm just confused. So now hooking up means only fucking? We hooked up, we fucked? It's a one-to-one? If you're between the ages of um, 21... Thank God. I was like, Jenny, <laughs> what are you about to ask for? <laughs> 21 and 30. Let us know. Does hooking up mean sex or does it mean like just whatever more than making out anywhere from after making out to having sex okay tara's dragging around indira who is tied up cordelia is like why don't you send indira back to her world and then we can fight like adults or whatever kurgan is like Uh, on your knees everyone Everyone stop getting on your knees in this show. This G-G? Is that what they call the blade? I tried to look it up and I found a couple of things. Kurgan, Tara, whatever. They get a blade. But really Kurgan because he's like stoked about how ancient it is. Um, And it's written G-E. I think they actually just say G? But I can't remember. Um, And I found so many different things, Jenny. Um, But the one that had the most commonality, there's a jade blade um, from the Shang Dynasty, which is uh, pretty fucking cool to look at. There's also uh, a 10th century uh, blade that I found, also labeled G. Whoa. G-E. Um, 
And Chinese then, jade dagger axe. Yeah, oh, that's, I was going to say, and my favorite one that I found is the fucking dagger axe. It's like, it serves two purposes. Um, it'll, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I actually celebrate Kurgan's choice in weaponry, to be honest. Totally. Does two things. It's almost a scythe. <laughs> it's almost three things, but not quite. <laughs> okay. Kurgan Tara's doing a little slicey slice on poor Cordelia, who did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Anya says she's hidden the grimoire. We'll find out later it's hidden with the tantric sex books in the magic shop. <laughs> the tantric naughtiness section. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> um... And Giles is like, Drusilla doesn't take orders from anyone, which I feel like foreshadows his mommy era that is yet to come. (laughs) Um, Oh, there's this spell. There's this spell called A Moment of Midnight. Yeah. A.K.A. Memento Noctis, which I decided is the name of your solo album, Kristen. Memento Noctis? Either a moment. No, I think A Moment of Midnight because it sounds a little more like dramatic. (laughs) Perfect. But probably there'll be a title track called A Moment of Midnight also, and that will have a parenthetical as part of the title that will be Memento Noctis. Fuck yeah. I mean, you must be right, because I'm stoked about my solo album. (laughs) I knew you would be. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of like, Tara, we know you're in there. Don't give up. Keep fighting. We get that from Anya. We get it from Cordelia. Giles comes in. We get it from Giles. They're all like, fight, Tara. Just fight. Um, Clem is untying Indira with a very well-tied knot. Tara has decided, you're right, Giles. Drusilla does serve no one, so she's served her purpose here and undoes the shadow ball, <gasps> which is when I'm like, did they fall? Were they, were they connected? Nikki? Yeah, were they? Did they fall like were they two wet, naked vampires falling from the darkness and landing on the floor of not Vamp Mansion, but, you know, yeah. another place? Um, but then Anya is like, I, I really do enjoy the battle of spells between Anya and Tara. Like, that is fun for me that Tara sends the shadow up, then busts it. Then Anya's like, here's my memento noctis, bitch. And then later... Tara's using fireballs, which honestly I shouldn't like, but I love for some reason. I'm like, okay, bring a fireball into the mix. And then Anya's like, my tornado is kicking your fireball's ass. I just, I like it. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Drusilla um, has a line. Okay, Drusilla has a lot of lines that I love, but we we find out that, of course, Drusilla heard Kurgan saying that Drusilla has no point here anymore. And... Uh, she says the line, I've got something rabid in my head and it's screaming all the time. And I just think that her line Relatable content. Exactly. Are relatable and delicious. So, yeah, we get this this sort of like explanation of Slayer purity of heart. Uh, and Indira does a little incantation and does some bleeding. Um, I love, and Latoya loves, and I'm sure you also love Kristen, because I feel like we talk about this all the time, that she's like, oh, (laughs) they always make slicing your palm look so easy in the movies. (laughs) Uh, I'm always like, why does it have to be the palm? You're going to use that area of your body more than most. Does the Uh, palm Especially if you're, like, fighting or... Is it... No, I think if you really wanted like free and easy blood flow, 
Go for the forehead. I was going to say where the uh, mouth, your mouth bleeds a bunch, right? I mean, I, I can't speak for your mouth, Kristen. Uh, the I've been thinking a lot about if we decide to come back and do once more with spoilers, which is the oft-mentioned, never-produced podcast from Jenny <laughs> Youngs and Kristen Russo where they watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer all over again, but with spoilers – how we really will be able to kind of set up some jingles for ourselves now knowing what we need. And I really feel like a slicing your palm jingle has to be created before that series begins because we will use it constantly. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so Tara does a little spell to steal Anya's breath, except Anya had the gem of Amara, which we are we remain confused. We maintain that we're uncertain about this use of the gem of Amara, but... In this instance, it prevents the spell from working on Anya until Drusilla steals the gem of Amara. There's just this like a hot potato gem of Amara hijinks. Everybody's like, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a baseball a ba- in the hands of the Red Sox. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you. How? Kristen, dare you? How dare you? It's my beautiful, my new sweet favorite thing, Red Sox. <laughs> oh, what a mess! But that's not. It's a podcast for another day. Oh, and then fucking. Not only does Anya lose her breath because right, Drusilla comes in and grabs the ring of the gem of Amara. So when Drusilla grabs it, then Anya really can't breathe, and also Tara breaks Spike's legs. Um, Tara says a vampire can't stand if the bones in his legs are broken. Latoya says, "Isn't that true for everyone?" <laughs> Which is correct, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurgan would really like for someone to kneel. Please, anyone, please just <laughs> kneel to me, your leader. And then Tara pulls a fucking Buffy Summers on Cordelia and stabs her in the fucking stomach with a dagger. Does a little stab, and then Drusilla launches herself at Tara and has a little slurp. What? <laughs> do you think they ever did? Do you think they ever did any any um blood a little slurp little slurp, slurp play? play? Yeah, little slurp play. <laughs> Glad we both knew exactly what that would be called. I mean, <laughs> little a. Of course we did. B. You know, <laughs> Riley made it look very compelling. It's something that two consenting adults uh-huh. can enjoy together if they so desire. It's true. Drusilla says, the blood of a lover is so sweet. Um, meanwhile, the blood of the Slayer has turned the grimoire into ash. The grimoire is gone. Uh, we hate that this scene ends with Indira saying, Giles, watch out the bookshelf. We hate it because Giles is always bonking his head, you know? Oh, poor Giles. But yeah, the book is gone. And so that means that part one of their plan is at least successful. Kurgan is trapped in the book. And as soon as that happens, everyone is okay. The spells are all broken. Anya can breathe and, uh... Spike and Cordelia are fucked up, but luckily, because Anya has breath, she also has magic, so she heals them. Drusilla's like, Spike, I'm gonna leave. Why don't you come with me? And he's like, ah, pet. Then she runs out into the daylight, screeching, it's not like I haven't been on fire before. Screaming all the way. Dashing through the sun. 
Spikes, you daft old bird, said lovingly as she runs through the fire, is like my definition of true love. Like, you just love the person for exactly who they are, even when who they are is running through the sunlight, smoking on their way to the sewer. Yeah. You well, know? he's been there before. Yeah. True. Uh, <laughs> he says, oh, he says he always misses Drusilla, but not enough to forget what she is hmm. and what he never wants to be again. That's growth. That's growth, kids. You know? Look at him go. Um, here's an interesting development. Speaking of growth, Cordelia is like Tara. <laughs> and I'm like, who? <laughs> I didn't notice that, actually. <laughs> so everyone's okay. Tara is just Tara. <laughs> Maybe she's she becomes fully Tara when Kurgan is no longer inside of her. Kurgan is now uh, in the and gem Kurgan's now of Amara. Amara. Of Amara. Of Amara. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. <laughs> and Giles is like, oh, look at us saving the world again. Oh, well, who could have predicted? Oh, my goodness. Fucking Grandpa Giles is like, well, I'll just be back off to old England now. Pip, pip. <sighs> This is like the end of an episode of Full House. Like if it ended here, it would be the, you know how at the end of every episode of Full House, like the music swells and Michelle hugs Stephanie and everything's better again. It's like Anya being like, you're all on cleaning detail. This place is a sheep sty. Like canned laughter from the audience vibes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then it continues. The episode continues, kids. Uh, Spike enters the training room while Cordelia is training solo with her Bakken, which reminded me that I neglected to order us our sets of Bakken. What the fuck, Jenny? I'm so ashamed. <laughs> Spike uh, sneaks up on her and is flirting with her and everyone's blushing and we have feelings about it. Perhaps none of them encapsulated better than by Indira. Ooh, he likes you. He wants to kiss you. Here, catch. Cordelia's like, I don't date vampires. And Spike's like, I don't date slayers anymore. anymore. And this, to me, really just smacks of two ladies doth protesting far too much, methinks. Yeah, also, like, major points to James Marsters for his delivery of beat anymore like it's it's such a perfect <laughs> delivery of the line uh very very good spike also just like a little closure a little housekeeping is like so anyway uh you'll talk to anya about that curse jonathan and thanks so much bye <laughs> you know up some loose ends you know danny strong was like you guys what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> um cordelia spike leaves and cordelia uh, and indira now are having a conversation and I really like this bit about like sisters and Dira's being like very careful around like I know you had a sister and I don't want to like use that word but also uh, you mean a lot to me and Cordelia says remember what I said about the two of us being the only people in this world who could understand each other if that's not the definition of sisters then I don't know what is and that just like it really hit what's for it me. like to have a sister Kristen <laughs> What's it like to have a sister? It's really great and also really complicated. But like, I love this. I love this definition of being a sister because there is this clear line of like, you had this biological sister 
And then it's like, no, here's what sister means, right? Like this is this is the vibe. When you have somebody in your life who understands something that no one else can, like that's what it is. And that to me is this like underline of the chosen family vibe of it all that makes the Buffyverse mm. the Buffyverse. And mm-hmm. then we mm-hmm. learn, of course, much more about Indira's backstory. Oh, yeah. She's like, my dad died in a helicopter crash. Once lived with my grandfather, but then he got dementia and social services put me in a group home. And it just doesn't really feel like it's fine, but it doesn't feel like my home. Mm-hmm. And then it is decided that Indira is going to stay with Cordelia. And I cry. Did you cry? You teared. I would up. say that there was something, something in my eye. There, um, we know that the actors, at least for some of these recordings, were in the same room and like physically interacting with each other uh, as they recorded. And there's this moment after Indira explains her situation, which I do want to say I appreciated. I appreciated that it didn't just like lean into this narrative of like, and then I got put into a home and it's horrible. Like I liked that there was like a listen. This is my situation, and so I don't think that anyone would necessarily miss me if I were gone, rather than this, like, horror story placed on Indira. Um, Yeah. I thought that was cool. And then Cordelia hugs Indira, and Indira says, are you hugging me? The script says, Cordelia says no, but Charisma doesn't say no. It's just this, like, muffled sort of indication of... A no, and it's so sweet and so endearing, (laughs) endearing Indira, that I feel like it was very much, like, I really believe, please, if we talk to Leia, we should ask her. Um, I just feel like Charisma and Leia were literally hugging when when this little clip was picked up. Mm. It does sound like it. (laughs) Okay. Okay, full speed ahead on the closure train. Tara and Anya are talking and Tara doesn't know how she's going to live with herself. And Anya is like, well, guarding the gem of Amara against Kurgan's return is a start. And Latoya and I, and hopefully you too, Kristen, are all like, is the best person to look out for the return of Kurgan, the person who was Bonsensei Kurgan? Or no. be somebody else. Why are we not smashing the gem of Amara? Why are we not? undoing the soul of Kurgan why are we simply letting him stay in there has anyone watched anything ever you know what I mean don't do that yeah yeah remember when Angel watched the sunrise one last time or said or whatever and then he was like smashola <laughs> yeah not enough angel dramatics in this series. Well, no, according to Drusilla later, Angelus, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they'll get David Boreanaz to join this show they won't, guys. That's a joke. David Boreanaz says no thank you to most things in the Buffyverse. Right? He's not. He's not. He's not having. He's done. He's not having Buffy fun. No. He's like a Navy SEAL or something. He, Avanti, right, right, right. Uh, he's, he's on all of Avanti's cop shows. I was going to say, he's moved from all of Kristen's genre shows to all of Avanti's cop shows. He's made the transition. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then we get this sort of like situation where like Tara's explaining what the deal was with her and Drusilla and I am confused I think because it seems like like regular Tara like yeah like fell but like then she says kind of like after I cast 
from the grimoire, but I thought that the casting, I kind of was under the impression that the casting occurred before they got into a thing. Uh, clearly, I have some timeline questions that are, this is my issue. Um, well, and I would like to also come clean that I have a couple of times said things that clearly I realized in this episode were based on this episode telling me that Tara and Drew had had a thing before the grimoire. And like there were a couple of beats in previous episodes where I feel like you were like, but she like, this is how. And- well, this could just be like my assumption. Like I'm just like holding on to assumptions that I had from earlier in the series. No, I think I think this is where we learn for the first time that Drusilla and Tara, I think it is. Uh, somebody okay. actually was very upset with me for, like, uh, not very upset, but somebody wrote to me, like, why are you advocating for, like, what Drusilla would, or, like, what kind of partner Tara should be to Drusilla when Drusilla is obviously, like, taking advantage of Tara because she had, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is not an equal power relationship, uh, and, and in my mind, I was like, I guess that's right. Why didn't I think of that? And then when we got to this episode, I was like, oh, because somewhere in my brain, I like n- already knew. Had this stored. Okay. So that this they was the thing. Yeah. started cooking before Grimoire Town. Yeah. Before Kurgan Town. Yeah. Oh, definitely before so, Kurgan but, Town. So like original flavor Tara was like, what's up, Drew? Even though you're a vampire? Yeah, I mean, she says, it was sympathy at first and thinking I was a lot more clever than I really was. But I did fall for her, or at least the quote her she wanted me to see. So why didn't Drusilla drink her? Maybe Drusilla also had feelings for Tara. I mean, like, it's... All right, all right. Seems to be slotted in at a very late point in our story that these two had a thing and I guess sympathy makes me think like if it was sympathy was it sympathy because Spike had already been right because Cordelia killed Spike so if we're to believe that Anya Tara and Cordelia are friends they're all they're all a little triad or whatever then Cordelia kills Spike maybe there's a moment where like Tara sees Drusilla and we know that Drusilla genuinely is devastated like there's no Whatever. Um, So maybe there's a connection there. Who knows? Honestly, like, I wish that that was part of the story for the whole time, because that is interesting to me. That is really interesting to me that, like, Tara would have seen the genuine pain in someone who is, quote unquote, the big bad and connected with it and found herself in a situation that she was like, fuck, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I can't stop doing it. Yeah, and this would certainly not be the first time in in this universe, along with many others, where we've seen a very, you know, there are compelling stories to be told about good and evil and the gray in between and love and lust and, like, how those things all converge and how people can be moved to cross what they perceived as their own personal boundaries or their moral boundaries or whatever in the name of love. But we're not really getting, we haven't gotten that this whole time no right and so now to kind of like pop it in here at the end i'm like i would like to know more yeah Yeah. you know yeah i agree we do get a moment between anya and tara where thank god we finally have learned that uh tara is anya's best friend so (laughs) (laughs) 
I was wondering. Me um, too. I had a lot of questions. <laughs> so Tara is Anya's best friend, but do you think Anya is more of Tara's like good friend? hundred percent. <laughs> Over at the Magic Box basement, which yeah, I guess we have been down in the basement. Monkey's paw episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike and Clem finding reasons to stay in this uh, reality. Uh, I love Spike is like, I gotta go deep undercover. I have to be the king of it. The only way, Clem, for us to truly fight evil is for me to become the king of vampires. (laughs) That is the best plan I can think of. I do like, like, maybe I'm a sucker, but I do like that the moment that Spike is like deep undercover, we get like the same soundscape that we got like the first time that spike was you know uh ruminating on being deep undercover like it's very nice to me yeah 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 so yeah they're staying so clem is staying spike is staying indira is staying giles went home i think it's interesting that was forced home yeah i I think it's interesting that clem's take is like sure drusilla is still out there but it's none of our business this is none of our business. <laughs> Clem just wants to drink his grape soda, you know, and hang I out with know, his best friend. He could friend. do that here. Yeah. Maybe the so the grape soda that he likes so much that was discontinued in his reality has been still in production in this reality. Do you think that because Clem's best friend and his second best friend are now in two separate realities that they get to both be best friends? Yeah, I think that's fair. So all I need to do is portal you to a different reality and maybe I can be your best friend there maybe wow Jenny looked at me with eyes of like (laughs) I for sure already have a best friend in whatever reality you're sending me to (laughs) Uh. okay so Anya and Cordelia and Indira are sending Giles back home and he's like please try to remember I am retired 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 and then Kristen we're back in the dungeon Mr. Pickles and the angry British man and Drusilla, but uh uh-oh, the angry British man is not James Marsters, it's Tony (laughs) Head, it's Vampire Giles, it's Vamp Giles, and he is calling Drusilla mother because, uh, hopefully because she is his sire and not for any other reasons. Um, He really is saying, if you don't eat your pudding, you cannot. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. Like, he really is. This is this is straight out of Pink Floyd, the wall of the movie. And there's somebody else down here, Kristen. And it's it's a witch who is like a magic battery Mm -hmm. that Drew could siphon magic off of forever, which makes me wonder why we were using Alphania Tara why were we using like any other witch and then being like we're out of witches <laughs> what do you mean I don't know I guess it's Drusilla's very special witch Willow um I maybe she was on is... dancing with the stars f- until now you know what I mean like maybe she okay. just got okay. back <laughs> the witch <laughs> the witch okay. Willow the witch yeah this is yeah this is um crafty we've got willow tied up and gagged uh vocalizing against a cloth or whatever is preventing her from speaking Mm -hmm. uh, giving us plenty of time to try to rally (laughs) allison hannigan and get her involved for season two 
I just was like, um, so did did they ask Allison Hannigan and did did her team say if it gets a second season, she'll consider it? Like, is that like was there some fun play in there where they were like, okay, well, this is how we'll get a second because this is the moment when I was like, okay, I want more though. And like, I want more because I want Vampire Giles and Willow. I want to know what the fuck they're going to be up to. Like, I'm I you got me. You got me, guys. I would like to know what the yeah. fuck happens with these guys. And, you know, we know everybody from reality A, they like all have a context for like Willow Rosenberg. Uh, so they'd, they'd really be motivated to save her from Drusilla. Yeah. Uh, Vampire Giles wants to help Drusilla walk in the sun and find Angelus, as you mentioned. Uh, will we see the recasting of Angel in season two? Oh, I don't think they dare. I cannot imagine they dare. Unless they, like, doesn't David Boreanaz have a son? Like, unless they, like, did something that was like that, I cannot imagine mm. recasting any of these, like, big, 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 big characters. I mean, yeah, that's that's how I feel. I just, like, can't imagine. I mean, I'd like to imagine David Boreanaz. I just feel like he... He would never... I'm speaking on behalf of David Boreanaz. I would never. You know what I mean? Like he he but Boo. he doesn't even like I don't know. I mean, I guess who knows, but it just doesn't seem like it seems like he operates in a very different orbit. And like, you know what? M- more power to him. I'm not trying to whatever, but it just does not seem like he wants any part of this conversation in any way shape or form. Boo. Uh, but who knows? Maybe they'll cast Latoya Ferguson as Angelus <gasps> for season two of Slayers. How happy would I be? <laughs> I, mean, I would, I would do anything. Uh, how are you gonna get? How are you gonna get the mics to pick up the eyeliner? Is really the question. <laughs> like just vampire Giles. I just like I can't put too fine a point on it. Vampire Giles. Giles saying. Oh, I will, mother. To Drusilla. Like, I didn't know I needed it until I did. It's it's the taste. It's that intriguing. We, you remember when Drusilla made herself look like Jenny Calendar and they made out? <gasps> this is what I'm saying. Like, this is good to me. I would like it. Thank you very much. And oh, suddenly, yeah. I didn't give a fuck about Pickles until Pickles was in league with Drusilla, Giles, and fucking Willow. And now I'm like, Pickles for president. Let's go. Let's fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kristen. All right. Uh, What was your favorite audio in this episode? You already said it, but what was it? It's Drusilla pacing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love it so much. There was a lot of good Um, audio in this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite audio was actually not specifically the audio, but rather the direction within the script, which called for a whoosh of light. One whoosh nice. of light, please. On the seventh day. <laughs> we whooshed. Yeah. Um, which is different from hooking up. Uh, <laughs> what? Kristen, I have a second poll. Oh. I have a poll besides the STAs. Can you handle it? I don't know. A surprise poll. Let's go. I have a surprise poll. Kristen will figure it out. Okay. Dear listeners, I have selected... Some noms for a bevy of slots. I actually have six slots for this first poll. Uh, The concept of this poll is name Kristen Russo's debut solo 
album. I love this. From words specifically featured in this episode <laughs> is Kristen Russo's debut solo album titled A Moment of Midnight, Memento Noctis. Is Kristen Russo's solo album titled Shadow Pocket? Is the name of Kristen's solo album Tantric Naughtiness? <laughs> Never. Doesn't seem like any of my business, but we have to ask the hard questions. How hard, baby? Sorry. Oh, my God. Is Kristen's solo album called I Breathe Magic Into the World, I Bleed Magic Into the Words? <laughs> Some real Fiona Apple mm. shit. Uh-huh. Um, Chelsea Wolf action is Kristen's solo album called The Blood of a Lover, <laughs> or is Kristen Russo's debut solo album titled Let Me Out, Mother? <laughs> okay, I shouldn't pick live on air because I, you want them to pick, right? I don't want to influence them. I want them to pick, don't influence them, I Kristen. Won't. Um, we could send them to the to the STA poll link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'll can put split it, it out. Okay, I'll put it there as well. I mean, it is the tantric naughtiness is included in the poll, so it seems like it fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bufferingcast.com slash STA, and you'll you'll have your you'll have an embarrassment of riches in terms of polls you can participate in. And here comes the second one now: the Sexual Tension Awards. Welcome to the final installment of the Sexual Tension it's Awards the final for Slayers. Countdown. Be-do, 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 be-do. A Buffyverse story. <laughs> Kristen? <laughs> I had a beer. <laughs> you sure did. Um we have five we have five slots wow. in the STAs for this for this finale episode. In slot number one. <laughs> Kristen, you ever just meet somebody, you know that feeling where you like meet someone and you just like feel like you're al- you're just completely there's nobody else in the world, it's just you and them mm-hmm. inside of a shadow pocket mm-hmm. that is pitch black? I do. In I slot really number do. 1, it's Spike and Drusilla. Honestly, they probably have no tension left, but we don't care about that here at the Sexual Tension Award Bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tension is purely secondary. <laughs> uh, in slot number two, get yourself a man who bellows for you the way Kurgan bellows for his grimoire. Honestly, I don't know that anyone would find him. Whew. In slot number three, repping queer culture, we must be together. I have no place in any world without a human soul to complete me. <laughs> it's Anya and Anyanka. <laughs> They're listening to like all of Jenny Owen Young's best uh, breakup songs. Anya and Anyanka <laughs> separated. The oh, so hell? <laughs> uh... Only let him out and let him hunt and let him hurt things for you. In slot number four, it's Drusilla and Rupert. Mother. (laughs) Mommy. (laughs) (laughs) 
And in slot number five. Ooh, the surprise slot. I've been waiting for this. Jenny wouldn't tell me what was in the fifth slot. Well, I think you'll, you're well within your rights to expect what is within the fifth slot. It's simply the reasoning. The deal is that in slot number five, we have Giles and Olivia. But the reason that I elected to place them here is not just because he's going home to his beloved. It's because there is an entire tantric naughtiness section in the book zone of the magic shop. And I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, before Giles took over, Mm -hmm. I feel like there wasn't a tantric naughtiness. No. Do you remember that lady that ran the magic shop first? She didn't look like she was into tantric anything. No, 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 no. Um, I just feel like, you know, Giles sees his friend Olivia Mm -hmm. in season four. Mm Mm-hmm. When the gentlemen come to town mm-hmm. and is perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. reawakened or maybe, you know, Jenny Callender gave Giles his first tantric naughtiness book. And it made him so happy that he was like, one day when I have a magic shop, I should have a whole tantric naughtiness. The fact that you section. think that she wouldn't have given him a tantric naughtiness floppy drive is absolutely beyond me, Jenny. <laughs> well, I think that she wouldn't have given him a floppy disk. I think she would have given him a book because she would have desperately wanted for him to actually read it, take in the information. Mm. I thought you were going to say, I didn't think, I didn't think she'd give him a floppy disk. I thought she'd give him a hard drive. (laughs) Get out of my sexual tension awards, Kristen. Uh, Well, that's a wrap folks. That is uh, the season wrap on sexual tension. We've done it. I can't believe it, Kristen, but I must. I have no other option but to believe that I am Jenny Owen Youngs. Mm -hmm. I am this reality's and every reality's Jenny Owen Youngs. (laughs) Wow, bold. And when I'm not watching Buffy or talking about Slayers or making the X-Files or podcasting about Yellow Jackets with my good friend, Kristen Russo... (laughs) I'm making music. Uh, Friends, in January, I'll be coming over to the UK, supporting the Milk Carton Kids in London, Manchester, Glasgow, and Dublin. Cool. Uh, Hope to see some of our European listenership over there. Very cool. Um, Wouldn't that be cool? Mm -hmm. Uh, Come say hi. Tony Uh, Hay, come out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Short of that, you can find my music by... Searching my name, Jenny Owen Youngs, on your favorite digital music platform. You can come give me a holler on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs, and I wish you would. I'm Kristen Russo, and when I'm not working with or thinking about my best friend, Jenny Owen Youngs, (laughs) I'm usually working with and for LGBTQ communities. You can learn more on my website, kristinnoline.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Use that spelling to find me on social media. Jenny, I want you to know that uh, whenever I do something that like Avanti is particularly upset with me for doing, she calls me Kristen online. She goes, Kristen online, (laughs) (laughs) which feels like, you know, something that I've just carried by myself for all this time. And now you all know. Oh, wow. I love that. (laughs) 
Buffering the Vampire Slayer is online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. You could drop us an email at hello at BufferingCast.com. You could support the work that we do here at Patreon, patreon.com slash BufferingCast. This is a great time of year to come and support us if you are thinking about it. Uh, the end of a year is normally the time for some folks to go and some new folks to come in. So please, 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 if you like what we're doing here and we're about to really get into it in 2024, come support us. Join us right now in Want Take Winter, our celebration of Faith Lahane with a bunch of live watches, a concert of songs from Jennifer Owen Youngs, a podcast where we simply want to take and have all the things we would like to want to take and have. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support (laughs) from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time. Ah, uh, happy new Hooray. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. 